0: <laughs> to the fantasy football father's podcast well, only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests my name is james Dreer. i'm joined here by tyler big herbie herbalk
1: what up baby championship week let's go
2: oh, oh.
0: <laughs> and, and to <Trey, laughs> stick your fingers so say
2: <laughs> if anyone should be like that it's me i'm in the championship for that uh 1600 league Right, let's yes, talk sir. about it. Yes, sir. So you're you're in
0: uh, the championship in one of our leagues that actually matters. Uh, I'd say I am too in one of our newer leagues, the Listener League.
1: Yeah, yes, you are. You beat me last week in the semis.
0: I'm in the the championship, trying to bring it home for the for the squad. So yeah. playing.
1: Unfortunately, I don't think I, I'm not in a single championship game this year, which I think is the first time in a really long time. Uh, a couple third place games in my future.
0: Wow, why don't you just go ahead and unplug your mic, uh, pack up your laptop, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, see if Lil Herbs wants to do a podcast. Uh, no, I'm just joking. That's that's sometimes the way it goes. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. So hopefully y'all are in uh, some championship games as well, and hopefully your championship games are in week 17 this week. Uh, if your commission is still doing eighteen weeks, Jesus I would uh, I would tell them to either shut down the league or <laughs> make it week seventeen. And uh, everyone
1: who on ESPN, that's ESPN standard uh, setup now for playoffs is a two week playoff system where the semifinals are over two weeks and then the finals are over two weeks. Terrible system. It's stupid. Like, please. Either convince your, your commissioner to change that shit or leave the league. It's not worth it. It's a dumbass league if you do it that way.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, so, yeah. playoffs start in, like, week 12? No, no, because the they only do 13? two
1: rounds of playoffs. So, they still start in week 15. They go 15-16 for the semifinals, then 17-18 uh, for, the, for the finals. That's it. Mm.
2: If you're doing yeah, anything in week 18, you lost me. Exactly. Uh...
0: Today, we're doing starts and sits for week 17. Uh, This week, more of a consensus approach. Uh, Instead of each of us choosing a player at each position, we're narrowing it down to kind of one guy for each position. One start and one sit um, as a group. So, uh, a little bit different, but I wanted to be a little bit more concise this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we wanted to be able to still give you guys something here. Um, holidays, work schedules makes it crazy. This whole time of year is pretty wild. So uh, we wanted to still be give you guys something.
2: I'm about to just go live in a van down by the river that I can concentrate on this shit like I want to. <laughs> down by the
0: Catahoochee.
2: Where it gets hotter than a hoochie's Hootie's coochie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're right on um, news in the NFL. Uh, not a whole lot since last week outside of the Denver drama uh, with the Denver Broncos basically telling Russ they're going to cut him in March. Uh, he's no longer going to play because uh, they do not want to risk him getting injured. If he does get injured, then his injury guarantee clause gets kicked in, which is an additional $37 million guaranteed.
1: But if they're if they cut him, it's essentially guaranteed anyways, is the way that kind of works out. They were so like the initial reports were that they were going to sit in the final two weeks to avoid injuries for that specific reasoning. But if they cut him in before the league season, uh, league year starts in March anyways, then he basically gets that money. Okay. So it's like an eighty-five million dollar dead cap hit for them next season. So which they have is insane.
0: To wait. If they wait until March to cut him, then. I think it's the same regardless. Oh, I see what you're saying.
1: The way it works out. Um I'd have to we'd have to really dive into the way that contract works, but it's weird. Apparently they threatened this from him uh, to him like weeks and weeks ago. Um they wanted him to reschedule his contract to avoid this situation and Russ said no. Uh probably cuz he saw the writing on the wall here, saying knowing that he probably wasn't going to be part of this team, so you know, why restructure your contract knowing you're not going to be on this team anyways? Hmm.
0: Interesting. Uh, I heard they're making a, a move to to get Drew Locke back. Wouldn't <laughs> that be hilarious.
1: It would be kind of honestly. I mean, if they they cut him, he's a you know full blown free agent. He can go wherever he wants. It would be kind of wild if he ended up back in Seattle. That'd <laughs> be weird, dude. That would be weird. Um
0: other than that, some other quarterback changes to keep an eye out on uh for this week. Tyrod Taylor coming in for the Giants. They're sitting Tommy, Tommy Cutlitz. Um also the Commanders going with Jacoby Brissett uh this week against the Niners and probably the rest of the year.
1: I mean, obviously the Tommy DeVito one's not big news. I don't know anybody who's really streaming him, but uh, Howell was a top 10 quarterback this year. I know the last couple of games have been really rough, but overall he's played extremely well. Um, they passed the ball a shit ton. So that one's going to be a little tougher. Now you, if you've been riding the, the how train all year, you're looking for a streamer.
0: hmm Do you go with Brissett, His replacement?
1: Not against these defenses. He's got the Niners this week and then the Cowboys next week. That is a rough schedule. There's not a chance I'm wrong with Brissette in this matter.
0: Yeah. Especially on a team that literally has nothing to play for. So, And we'll probably also be making a change at head coach uh, come the offseason, I would imagine. But <laughs> we've been surprised before there.
1: I mean, they have basically already said that that Rivera's gone. Um the team hasn't come out said but that's where all the you know people that report the rumors are saying that Rivera is gone.
0: Mm. Bye bye. All right. Anything else before we get into the starts and sits?
1: Nothing major. I don't I mean there's no major injury news. Uh, I know most people that were injured in the last couple of weeks are expected to be back. I guess Trevor Lawrence um This is the third week in a row that he's dealing with some kind of injury. He went from the ankle injury to came back, got a concussion, came back, and now he's dealing with an AC sprain in his shoulder. This one sounds like it might actually be the one that keeps him out. So keep an eye on on his status. Uh, But that one's a little dicey as well.
0: Yeah, and that really puts the status up in the air for, you know, if you can go ahead and play Calvin Ridley or not because – It's been getting a ton of volume, but the production is really inconsistent. And, you know, with CJ Beathard, it's pretty risky during your championship week. I would imagine your roster is good enough that you can pivot, but maybe not. Uh, But outside, if, you know, if Lawrence is sitting, I mean, ETN, you're probably starting for sure. But outside of that, I, you know, I don't love starting anybody, maybe Evan Ingram, just because he's a tight end, but. So I guess what I'm saying is I would sit Calvin Ridley if Trevor
2: Lawrence doesn't play. Oh, that's ballsy, but I'm with you on that one for sure. Trevor Lawrence really wasn't having that good of a year anyways. Now that they're using their backup, I just don't see him putting up better numbers than Trevor
0: Lawrence. Um, something Yeah, I
1: mean, I just, I don't think Trevor Lawrence has played poorly ne- necessarily he's the number 12 quarterback in fantasy it's just not to what i think a lot of people expected to see from him this year um you know that second year under doug peterson um, we saw a huge massive strides from him last season i think a lot of people expected him to come out and potentially push for that that top five qb spot and it just hasn't happened
2: yeah yeah well like fantasy wise i mean he only had like four great games i would say other than that he's just like totally average the numbers remind me of like baker mayfield kind of yeah and even those four games games.
1: those four games came in a row too from like week 11 to week 14 he played really well then outside of that you're right it's been a little more iffy
2: and those were the only games he had rushing touchdowns so it's like their passing game just isn't like kind of like you said it's it's not where we wanted it to be so with the backup yeah i'm not touching calvin ridley
0: All right, let's get into these starts and sits of the week Uh, consensus list here. I believe Herbs had uh, took a a dive into quarterbacks. Uh, So do you want to kick us off here with uh, who you got to start and sit?
1: Yeah. All right. Star of the week for championship week is going to be C.J. Stroud. Last time we saw Stroud on the field, he was uh, looking very much like a rookie against the Jets. I mean, they were making him look silly. He then ended up leaving that game late with a concussion. Obviously, that concussion was pretty bad. He he missed the next two games. But he is progressing well through the through the protocol now. He looks like he is going to be playing this week. Now, the Titans is not a great matchup for quarterbacks, but it's not an impossible. Line. I think they're the like 10th or 12th best defense against quarterbacks. Um, but we know it's not impossible. Last week, we saw Geno Smith go into Tennessee and put up 30 points, points on the Titans, fantasy-wise, not just not on the field. But literally, fantasy-wise, he had three touchdowns and a, and a pick. He had a pretty damn good day. With the Texans, I mean, they're trying to get into the playoffs. They need to get this win, and I think Stroud's going to be the one that leads them there. I think he's going to come in and have a huge performance. He gets Nico Collins back. The combination of Stroud, Nico Collins, and Noah Brown, I think leads them to a big win this week, and Stroud looks like the guy we, we saw you know, most of the year. Like yeah, just like,
2: just to compound on that, the Jets are like the best defense against quarterbacks this year.
1: The Jets make everybody look stupid. It's ridiculous how good they are uh, against pass against the pass. Yeah, they. Uh,
0: there might be uh, some receivers regarding tomorrow night's game as well. So Trey, you better get this goddamn episode up on time. Nah,
1: nah, nah, nah. I'm gonna put this up. Brown Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah uh, uh, you know speaking of that since uh you brought the receiver let's go ahead and go get my quarterbacks of the week as well that's gonna be joe flacco against the jets um i mean there's not much t- more to be said when it comes to how great the jets are up against the past they make every quarterback look silly um and i know you if you've been streaming quarterbacks late in the season joe flacco might have been the guy you've been streaming since week 13 when he got that when he got that start he has at least 17 points in all four of his starts this year of those games over twenty, going over twenty points, but you just can't throw against the Jets on the season. They're only giving up twelve points a game to the quarterbacks. Over the last four games, they're only giving up eight points to the quarterbacks. Last year they made, or last week, I'm sorry, they made Sam Howell, who, like as we mentioned earlier, is a top ten quarterback this season. He's a number ten on fantasy. He played so badly, the Commanders have benched him for the rest of the season. Yeah, for as well as Flacco's play, this is just not a matchup you can ride with. Uh, Flacco's got to be benched this week.
0: I'd agree. I'm worried about it on a short week against this passing defense. Uh, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna have some struggles. So, um, I would I would agree with with all that. Hey Trey, I think in, uh, Fanny, one of our home leagues or our home league, our main league, uh, you have a start and sit decision with CJ Stroud, right? I thought I saw him on your roster. And who's your other quarterback?
2: Oh, that is a good question. It's hard to keep up. No, I have Josh Allen starting for me. Uh and um oh, I think you're thinking of our uh our podcast league. Oh, okay. Yeah, thought... but I'm uh, the only game that matters to me this week is the championship. I'm in the constellation now in that league. I think that might have been it. Yeah, i had either Justin Fields or CJ Stroud in that league. Oh, uh, okay. Never mind then. <laughs> But just to, like, uh, cap off on all this stuff we've been saying about the Jets, I was going to make them, like, my uh, defense start of the week, but they're heavily rostered in a lot of leagues. But if you can find them, the Jets are looking pretty damn good this week. They've been respectable all year.
0: All right, I will pivot uh, and go ahead and go to the running back position here. Uh, So start of the week at running back I have Ty Chandler, Minnesota running back uh versus the Green Bay Packers this week. This is actually a big game between the Packers and the Vikings. It's a it's a must-win situation for for both teams to make the playoffs. Um the Packers defense has been abysmal, mostly due to Joe Barry, the defense coordinator who's terrible. Uh, I've watched many many videos of uh their schemes and game plans and not a, not, not a lot of it makes any sense at all as to what they're doing and why they're doing it.
1: Well, and not to mention Jair Alexander, probably their best defender is yeah. suspended for this game because of the shenanigans he pulled last week. Yep. Yeah. Um, for anybody who doesn't know this story, for, any, <laughs> for who doesn't know this story, Jair Alexander, um, who were they playing last week, James?
0: They were playing the Carolina Panthers.
1: Right. And so he's from Charlotte, so he felt he should be a captain. And so they didn't name him a captain, and he walked out for the opening coin toss anyways Mm -hmm. and then gave the call. And when they won the call, he almost messed it up because he said, said, what do you want to do? And instead of saying deferred, he said, I want the defense on the field. And the refs looked at him like, so are you deferring? (laughs) And he said, yeah, that's what I meant. And it's like because the thing is in the NFL, which is kind of weird, if you say you want to kick, then you don't no longer get the actual choice to kick or receive at halftime. You have to say deferred. Right. And so because of that, because he just took it upon himself to go out onto the field during the coin toss, they have suspended him for this game.
0: Yeah. So traditionally, the Packers, you know, if someone's playing in their hometown, they'll allow them to be a, a captain for that game. And. Yeah, there's been a lot of drama with Jair Alexander all year. He's barely played. When he has, he hasn't been you know living up to the the paychecks he's receiving, and so uh, I think they, you know, decided to not make him a captain for those reasons. And he took it personally. Uh, but you know, I guess if you want to suspend your best player, your only shot to make the playoffs, and Justin Jefferson's back, you know, and, and you're suspending your best, you know, D B, maybe best player on the team. Certainly some weird uh situa- or decisions being made from the top down there. Um yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but especially what what they've done with Joe Barry. Uh this guy legitimately should have been fired. Probably should have never been the DC again this year, but they keep just giving him opportunities and uh the Packers are Near the bottom in the league and points given up to the running back position, and uh, they average about twenty-four rush attempts against them a game and one hundred and one rushing yards against them uh, a game uh, from opposing running backs. That's sixth worst in the league in both uh, verticals. Um, so I think Ty Chandler, you know, obviously he's not your stud RB one, and and you have a good roster. And if he's just sitting on your bench, maybe you didn't play him last week for good reason. They were playing the Lions, who have given up uh, the least amount of running backs uh, per game or the least amount of points to running backs per game this year on the entire season. So you would have sat him for that. Uh, But I think you can plug him in this week as like a really high upside flex play or an RB2. Um, I think he has a big game against the Packers, who are just terrible on defense <laughs> and can't stop the run. So I think he has a big game.
1: Do you have concern over the return of Alexander Madison?
0: Um, um, not really. No. I mean,
1: just, you know, he'll he'll probably eat into the workload because Madison played last week. Um, a lot of people didn't expect him to, but he only had two carries for negative one yards and he's still obviously dealing with the ankle injury. But the fact that he played at all last week shows that I think he's probably going to be good to go this week.
0: Yeah, um, you know, I I would be shocked if he got the, you know, majority of carries. I think Ty Chandler still had you know played like almost seventy percent of snaps, played sixty five percent of snaps, um, and that's against a really tough matchup in Detroit. So I mean, pay attention to Madison's. Um. Uh, you know, if he's limited going into the game or if he's 100% a go, but I think it's pretty clear and obvious who their best running back is. Um, and I don't think it's really
2: close at all. So I'd be surprised to see them go back to Madison. Madison was limited in, uh, Wednesday's practice. So there's still, uh, still a good chance that Madison's not 100% in full to go.
0: Um, for my sits. So there's a lot of big names um at running back that I'm a little bit worried about um this week. And you know, here's a couple big names, but I'm really worried about them this week, but you probably have to start them. So Saquon Barkley playing against the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams have actually been surprisingly really dominant um in this hot streak that they've been on against the run and also for the entire course of the season. Um over the last four weeks, Rams are first in points against running backs, only allowing thirteen point eight points per game on average, and are third in that that vertical on the season. Uh, they're making a quarterback change in New York, uh, going to Tyrod Taylor, as we talked about. I'm really worried about you know going up against this this red hot Rams team, uh, who's trying to make a push. I'm worried about the the change at quarterback and really Saquon being their only source of offense. Um, I'm worried about them being able to move the ball and put Saquon in favorable situations, and also keeping the game reasonably close because uh, it could be a route for the Rams. So, although you probably have to start Saquon, that's someone I'm I'm really worried about. And if I have a stacked roster, I'm I'm happy plugging in someone else.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm
2: with you on that. I'll just say real quick, uh, Saquon isn't getting like a lot of passing work. And if we think the Rams are going to be beating the shit out of the Giants, that's the only thing you can like really rely on is you know the ball getting passed to him. But he's right. getting like a very low amount of targets and catches this year. Uh, another
0: guy I'm worried about, Alvin Kamara, playing uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, pretty similar situation here to Saquon's. Uh, um, Kamara played the Rams last week, actually. Only scored six points uh, against the Rams. Um, and the Bucks have been pretty good against running backs as well. They're fourth in the last four weeks in points given up to running backs and sixth on the entire year. Same thing, uh, an offense that's really up and down. Uh, I'm worried about Alvin Kamara against the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And again, if I have a stacked roster or a bunch of different options, I'd be looking to, to pivot. Uh, but my actual and official sit of the week is actually going to be James Conner against the Eagles. Again, assuming you have a good roster, being that you're in the championship game and you have other options to play with, I would, uh, you know, be looking to plug someone else in as my RB two or my flex play, uh, just because I think the upside here with Connor is limited, and I think it's a bit of a trap game because Connor has been pretty good as of late um, for fantasy purposes, uh, but he's playing the Eagles this week, who have been up and down against running backs all year. Uh, but I think this is a game where the Eagles defense really shows up and dominates with a bit of a chip on their shoulder heading into the playoffs uh, with a lot of kind of talk about how they're not the same team as last year. I think they come out here and they dominate the Arizona Cardinals. Um, On the year, the Eagles are fifth best against running backs in points given up per game. Um, And last week, for Connor to be relevant, it took a really good receiving game or a pretty decent receiving game uh, for him to produce for fantasy on the ground, he wasn't that good. And I think it's going to be much more difficult for them to get him going in the receiving game, and he's going to struggle to run again against uh, the Eagles defense. So James Conner, I'd be looking to pivot if uh, if he's on my roster. A reasonable pivot, though, not someone who's, you know, a really questionable play.
1: Okay. Um I mean honestly, yeah, there's there's definitely worry there for all three of those guys. And I and I think Saquon and Alvin you probably can't pivot off of. Right. Um they've just been too good all year and you just hope that they can make something work. So, but with that being said, let's say in this situation you have Saquon, Alvin or James Conner. Let's say you have a really good RB2. Let's say you have like someone like Rashad White as your RB2, right? Would you be picking Ty Chandler over those three guys?
0: Hmm. Um, I don't know if I would. I would say Ty Chandler, unless you have a bunch of really good receivers, is probably your best flex play in that situation. And it would be you know, Rashad White, Saquon, in my RB one, RB two, and then Chandler in the flex. Uh, but picking Chandler over those guys again, it's it's hard to do. I probably play him over James Conner uh but not Alvin
2: or Saquon. Gotcha. I mean, if I had to I, take a risk, I'd do Saquon honestly.
1: You would you would start Saquon or you'd start Ty Chandler over Saquon.
2: If I had to take that risk, I would do Saquon over Ty Chandler just mm-hmm. cuz of his involvement in the offense.
1: Yeah. It's it's just an interesting point. I mean, like I do agree that like Saquon and and Alvin um both have Extremely tough matchups. I mean, and a lot of this might have been gameplay, but the, the Tampa held Travis Etienne, a top five running back, uh, to under eight points last week. I think he only yeah. had four. So, uh, well, I got pulled up here. 4.6 is all he had. Now, granted, they went up big early, and so the game script kind of changed. He only had six carries, which could have played a, a pretty big role into that. Um, but still, it's something that you need to to kind of worry about. The one thing that I guess I would say with Alvin Kamara in terms of him still being a pretty a decent play is that the Saints' defense is also pretty good and should be able to keep keep Tampa from going up twenty to nothing in like the second quarter, yeah, which will allow him to have more work. But you know, it's a it's a, a very interesting conundrum there because um, it could end up going it really could end up going either way for both Barkley or Kamara. I I think I'm going to completely agree with you in terms of. Uh, Ty Chandler, though, over James Connor.
0: Right on. Still got it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's move to receiver. Uh, you want to do your start of the week at receiver? Tyler?
1: Yeah, I did the start for the receiver. James, and I split the receiver spot here. Um, funny enough, you hear worry about Alvin Kamara, but I got his uh, kind of running mate on the outside. Chris Olave is my start of the week against the Buccaneers. Um, honestly, I think this has been a kind of a weird, uh, weird year for a lot. Of. I think a lot of people expected this to be kind of his breakout season, move into that 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 wide receiver one type of category. Um, with this being it's his third season, we thought he was getting a major upgrade at, at quarterback with Derek Carr, and none of it's really seemed to happen. Um, he's actually right on pace to finish where he was at last year. Uh, his stats are about the same as they were last year, but uh, other receivers have jumped up, so he's still the receiver eighteen on the season, which is where he finished last season. But, I think he has a chance to really jump up their rankings um, this week. The Tampa passing defense, as good as they are against the run, they're very, very poor against the, path, the pass. They give up the fourth most points to receivers on the season, and Olave has over 100 yards in three of his last four games. Uh, this connection between Olave and Carr just seems to finally start starting to connect, because also also in the last three or four weeks, Carr has had his best weeks of the season season as well. Yeah. Something here is just improving. There's a connection going on that is finally happening. I think most people expect it to happen much earlier in the season. Um, so I just expect Olave to continue this going and he'll have another big week. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I think, you know, if you have Olave on your team, you've been mostly frustrated for the most of the season. Yeah. Uh, but if you're still in a position to play him and, and you're in the championship. Um, yeah, I'd be, I'd definitely be starting him this week.
1: And I think probably for the most of the season, you've probably been forced to start him regardless. Cause you more than likely drafted him as your wow. wide receiver two, possibly your wide receiver one, depending on how your draft went.
0: Right. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> all right. My sit of the week, Amari Cooper uh, against the jets. Yes. This guy had 265
1: receiving yards last week before someone some on those lines it was uh, insane it was a a huge day uh, and i hope you all listened to my start of the week last week because that was all me yeah i was getting <laughs> I there was i was law. getting there i know i'm just i i had i got i gotta take a victory left of that one like <laughs> like when you pick a star of the week like you want them to do really well obviously
0: yeah i
1: wasn't but you never expect that what he did last week is not what the expectation is so
0: yeah, uh, a a direct quote uh from Big Herbie was the Pooper Scooper was scooping gold. Uh, yes, sir. And that he was. Uh Mari Cooper though, I think it's a big trap game this week. We've talked about it already. Uh that is the Cleveland Browns going up against the Jets tomorrow night on Thursday night football. Short week. Joe Flacco's been on fire. <laughs> But, man, this Jets' pass defense is different. And uh, I think they're going to have a really tough time. I think we all have agreed on that. Um, The Jets have given up the least amount of points per game to receivers on the year. Um, And during the last four-week stretch, they are also number one in the league, only giving up uh, 14.8 points to uh, receivers for the entire team per game. Um, So... Probably tough to bench Cooper after the performance last week. You're you're riding high on that, you know. He carried you into the championship, uh, but I think if you have other options, I would definitely be looking to to bench Amari Cooper this week. Which it sounds crazy to say, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just not trusting it um, against this Jets defense. And I'm on the other side of the ball. I would also sit uh, Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, who's gotten a ton of volume, uh, Zach Wilson's been ruled out, so it's probably going to be Trevor Simeon, I guess. Um, and it's just too risky to rely on that in championship week. Uh, the Browns are also second on the year against receivers. So going to be a tough passing day out there. A lot of good DBs. I would be benching all the receivers here.
2: Man, we got a lot of stake in this, uh, Thursday night game with this episode.
1: Yeah, you better get this shit posted, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> <I> <laughs> like, will. I we got will. a lot riding on this now.
2: Um, well, well, check this out real quick, though. So last week, I didn't roll with Amari Cooper um, with your start of the week. I had him on my bench in the Ouch. league that I'm in the championship in, right? So I still won the game, obviously, and he put up 46 points. But now this week, I'm deciding if I'm going to start him or not. And the other guys I got out receiver are going to be Devontae Smith, Rasheed Rice, Chris Olave. Like I said, you know, I'm, I guess I didn't say it earlier when we talked about it, but probably our best pick of this episode as, as someone I'm really high on this week and, uh, or KJ Osborne or so just Jordan you just need, Addison. You need
0: one out of all those guys.
2: Well, basically, I'm just deciding whether or not I want to start Amari Cooper. Right now, I haven't fully adjusted my roster, but it's Devontae Smith, Rasheed Rice, and Chris Olave start for me. And on the bench, I got Amari Cooper. I wouldn't really include KJ Osborne and uh Jordan Addison.
1: Addison's hmm. dealing with an injury right now. I'm not sure if he's even gonna play.
2: Yeah, I see he is questionable right now, but Rasheed Rice is like so hit or miss, and Devontae Smith I'll probably end up rolling with.
1: Oh Devonte for sure. Um,
2: yeah, I would say it's
0: Smith and and Alave. I'm I'm playing for sure.
1: <laughs> Who are your running backs that are a potential for your flex position there? Just curious. Is it
2: Jerome Ford? What's his name again? Yeah, oh, uh, Jerome Ford. Okay. Yeah, Cleveland, and uh, that's the uh, only other option
1: for 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 the flex position. I would go Ford. The as I, we've mentioned a bunch, but as much as the Jets' pass defense is good. You can run on them. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's that feels like your safest bet. Yeah, the receivers are all toss ups. I'm like, fuck.
1: I mean, the Jets give up 22 points a game on the ground, uh, to or to fantasy running backs. So I should say, uh, seventh over, uh, seventh worst in the league. So Ford is definitely where I would go that way, and I would probably go. So I would go Devonte Smith, Chris Olave, and Jerome Ford.
2: Rasheed Rice has been getting mad targets lately, though.
1: He has. Um, I mean, it's it's a dicey play, but I'd rather have some guy that is probably going to find the end zone with Jerome Ford over Rasheed Rice, who is you know, the rookie, and he's coming on, but it's still very much up or down.
2: Yeah, it feels like Ford is the higher floor play. Rasheed Rice is the higher ceiling play. I think I'm going to send it because I'm not confident in my team. I'm, I'm probably going to do Rasheed Rice, but we'll see how the roster uh, works out once I really settle it. But yeah, he's I figured gonna, I'd bring that he's up. Start Cooper. <laughs> 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 oh, God, I, I just don't think I can. You guys know how much I like dislike him. I came around this year, but not against this Jets defense. Uh, dude, you had
1: ju- you were just jaded towards him for like the last three seasons, even though he's put up good numbers for most of the time. <laughs> Basically, ever since he left left the Raiders, you've hated him. Yeah,
2: I'm sick of players playing for the Raiders and not giving their full effort, and then they go somewhere else and showcase their skills. I see it with defensive players all the time. It drives me fucking nuts. I mean,
1: are you sure it's an effort problem and not just a team problem?
2: I will put the blame elsewhere, not on the team. It's the players. (laughs) It's their problem.
0: All right, Trey. Tight ends. You're the tight end guy tonight.
2: I'm always a tight end guy. <laughs> <laughs> Better not fuck it up. I right, honestly I was I was nervous about this one. Um so my start of the week is gonna be Jake Ferguson versus Lions. He's already a, a top tight end, but I want to just like solidify the fact that I think he's really poised to have a game that he'll probably finish you know, at least top three as a tight end this week. I got a good feeling about him. Um he's going up against uh what am I looking at here? Do, 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 do. The Lions. Yeah. Well, he's going up against the Lions. I wrote this weird, though. Um, Lions. Okay, I wrote this wrong. Okay, so they're playing the Lions this week. <laughs> and uh, the Lions last week, they gave up 114 yards to Minnesota tight ends, like, as a total. And Nick Mullins was the quarterback. And right now, Jake Ferguson, he's leading, like, all tight ends right now with 22 red zone attempts. Right now, he's the number two option behind uh, C.D. Lamb. He's getting plenty of targets. He's had four straight games of at least eight targets, four catches, and 44 yards, which the tight end landscape is start-worthy. But I just think it's very likely that he has a a very big game, very likely to get a touchdown, and, yeah, probably gave him at least, like, I'm expecting at least, like, 15 points from Jake Ferguson this week. So that's my start of the week.
0: Yeah, it feels like a must start for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean... He's the tight end eight on the season. Took him a little longer to get going. I feel like this year, um, but once he's once he started getting going, I mean, he's been a major part of this offense for a while now.
2: Yeah, and after what, um, well, Minnesota or what they allowed Minnesota to do, like the Lions' defense, I just feel like the Cowboys can probably do better. And they uh, they got
0: some proving to do because they've been not not playing as well as they were so. I'm sure they're going to come out
2: fired up. That's the Cowboys every year towards the end of the year, but I think his involvement <laughs> will be very good. He's in a very good position to score a lot of points. All right, who's your sit? My sit of the week is going to be Dalton Schultz versus the Titans, and Schultz has been pretty on fire lately. He's having a pretty good year. Last week he had an 8-catch, uh 10.1 fantasy point performance. But the Titans defense, which uh, he's going up against this week, absolutely no joke against tight ends. Probably the best defense in the NFL against tight ends. They haven't allowed a single tight end at all to get more than double digit fantasy points this year. They've allowed one touchdown to a tight end all year. That was last week against the Seahawks when um, the Parkinson caught that touchdown like towards the end of the game.
1: Yes, he did. That was the game winner, buddy.
2: And I think you said it to me yourself, like, I can't believe Parkinson, or someone told me that, out of all people, Parkinson caught the touchdown. So I I almost, like, discount that a little one. The Titans have been absolutely great against tight ends all year, and um, they're also only allowing 41 yards per game to tight end rooms as a whole per week. So we're talking about every tight end on the roster coming together to total an average of 41 yards per game. So... I am avoiding Dalton Schultz. He feels like a trap this week just because his usage has been so good. He had a good game last week with the Titans. I I just don't think they're going to let it happen.
0: Yeah, one thing we know about that defense is uh, it doesn't matter what the record is. Vrabel's going to have him going and ready to play. So I don't expect any drop off or fall off.
1: For sure. I mean, and we mentioned this before the playoffs started going into it. Uh, His schedule against tight end defenses was gnarly. It was the Titans, then the Browns, and the Titans again over the course of your th- general three-week playoffs. And um, even though he finished with a decent satellite last week, eight catches for 61 yards, it's still a little, only being the tight in 11 on the week. Um, it's just It's just tough. And two weeks ago, when he played the Titans, he only had four catches for 58 yards. So I would expect more of that um, this week. And so I would 100% agree Dalton Schultz should be benched.
2: It'll be a tough one if you're riding in the championship and that's your tight end. But it um, I I would just say at least temper your expectations. It's not going to be a good one. But if he ends up getting you eight points, you really can't complain. But it's also likely that he might only have like three catches for 30 yards. So. Either way, I just don't think the ceiling is there at all. This game for him. At best, you're going to get a mediocre game.
1: Yeah, I mean, and as we know, tight ends have been rough all season. I mean, it...
2: all fantasy
0: existence. You mean
1: <laughs> basically, it feels even worse this year. Though it seemed like there was some, be some guys that would step up and, and kind of fill some of that void after the first couple of guys, and it almost seems like the <clears throat> the void got deeper. Um, think... There's less guys that are you know really producing anything from the tight end position.
0: It's kind of fantasy as a whole. It felt like this year was just kind of all over the place. Yeah. Super It's The recession. We'll get over it. Well, and, you know, there's, we have these shit ass quarterbacks out there playing while Joe Flacco's sitting at home on the couch, but no NFL team will give him a chance. And then he comes in and just lighten it up. It's like, hey, man, let's let these veterans, you know, give them another shot.
1: Like, (laughs) they know what they're doing.
2: What's that, uh, the longest yard. That's how the white man plays football. Or whatever <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> yeah. says. That's how the white man runs the ball. Yeah. yeah, that's how a white man runs the ball. Okay, not necessarily correct, but whatever.
0: <laughs> All right. We've covered every position. That only leaves one position left. And that means it's time for...
1: stinky Defense <laughs> of the Week!
2: Oh, fuck. All Damn, right.
0: dude. that.
2: Well, you know, I'm doubling down with a homer take this week. Uh, second time in three weeks, I believe. I'm going with the Raiders defense. Oh. Yep. And if you're a new listener, just so you know, I'm, I only choose teams that are readily available for my defenses of the week. Obviously, there's plenty of great starts that are going around. We talked about the, you know how the Jets are a great start this week. But I would like to put one out there that you can most likely find in your leagues and add off of waivers. And that's going to be the Raiders' defense. They're rostered only 22% of leagues. And they've been absolutely on fire in the last three weeks. They've scored 63 fantasy points in the last three weeks. That's better than a lot of quarterbacks.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and ever since i got rid of mcdaniels uh, you know th- this team has just played differently the defense has been on fire i saw a stat they only allowed a touchdown on like five percent of their drives which i think is the best in the nfl in the last four or five weeks um uh, they just been playing lights out their numbers are inflated because they got two touchdowns in each game in the last two weeks so they have four defensive touchdowns in the last two weeks but even if you take those out, they're still a double digit fantasy defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you go back all the way back to week eight, they've had double digit points in six of eight games. That's those are that yeah. includes the games they didn't score touchdowns in. I mean, they've been killer since Antonio Pierce became the, became the head coach. They're playing with passion, they're aggressive, and it's it's working out. So, uh, no, I mean, the crazy thing too, if you look at it. And a lot of it's obviously come from the last, the second half of the season, but they are now the number five defense in fantasy football.
2: That's pretty wild. That yeah, I never thought I would see that in my lifetime with their history of shitty defenses. But I think right now they they are, which is to everyone's advantage, really. They're a victim of their own name. People see the Raiders defense on the waiver wire and they don't want to take them. Yeah. I honestly, I don't fucking blame them. I really don't. But you know, just based off the numbers that you just said, Ty, like that. This defense is on fire right now. You can't deny it, and no one has them on their roster. 22% of leagues on sleepers, so I assume 44% in most leagues is usually what happens if you, if you double it from sleepers. Is that what we figured out as far as like roster yeah, percentage? Sleepers
1: usually much higher. And yeah, I mean, honestly, and you're right. They're a victim of their own name. If you look at the last four seasons, they have not finished higher than the fantasy defense of 28. Hmm. That's the best finish the last four seasons, and now they're, now they're the defense five.
0: Yeah, that's well, wild
1: can't hold on to those those thoughts guys you gotta adapt and adapt and change as the season goes along right
2: well j- just to like drive this home it's not like the colts are a an easy fantasy matchup i'd say it's pretty average just from the stats they give up and the amount of turnovers they give up and things like that but last week they gave up six sacks to atlanta and the falcons defense they averaged like two sacks a game but last week they gave up six sacks to the Atlanta defense, who you know, usually isn't very scary, the Raiders have been all over the quarterback lately. The numbers aren't quite there, but they're getting a lot of pressures and things like that. So, if we're all over Gardner Minshew, who's prone to thrown, you know, to throw interceptions, cause turnovers, yeah, I would not be surprised if honestly this is another game where we have at least multiple turnovers and possibly another touchdown. Are you uh, are you shooting up? Am I suiting up for the Raiders? <laughs> yeah. He kept saying, we, we're going to have multiple turnovers.
0: You're going to go out there and play a little safety.
2: No, if I was playing, I, this would not be the start of the week. <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs>
0: Real quick. Uh, do the Raiders hire An- Anthony Pierce as their head coach?
1: Antonio. Antonio
2: Pierce. Put some respect on it's his An- name. And
0: Antonio. <laughs>
2: Uh,
1: Anthony Pierce, <laughs> um, even like the widest name possible. Yeah,
2: if there's Vegas odds on this, I'd love to bet. On trying it to help they out his uh,
0: his ability to get hired, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I can <laughs> switch the name there up a little bit, and it might, you know, who knows? Might get your resume oh, through.
2: Man. <laughs> Fuck. But to answer your question, I think they totally do. Uh, Mark Davis admitted that he made a mistake by not hiring Rich Bisaccia, who was their last interim head coach, just because the players loved him so much. Um uh, we're getting off of fantasy right now, but just really quick, I think he realizes they don't need like a head coach who calls plays. They need yeah. a, a leader. And you know, you delegate all that other shit to you know, your your uh assistant coaches. Yeah. And I but I firmly believe that's the direction that they're gonna head.
0: I think just, you know, thinking of the Raiders as a franchise, like they need that kind of badass type of culture and that vibe. Like that's that's what gets people excited about the Raiders. So obviously Pierce, uh, Antonio Pierce uh, gives that vibe off. And, you know, a previous player was a linebacker. So I think it's a good fit. I, I would be shocked if if they didn't hire him. I mean, what more do you need to see?
2: It's a perfect storm, honestly. He's got that underdog mentality. He was on that Giants team that came into the playoffs as a wild card team, right? And then they won the Super Bowl against the Patriots, who were in like the, the heat of their dynasty.
1: Oh, they were undefeated that year.
2: Yeah, so he, he just embodies everything about that. And he grew up a Raiders fan, so it's like he's a, the perfect match, especially with what's happened right now.
0: For sure. All right. Well, that'll do it uh, for week 17 starts and sits. Uh, good luck in the championship. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers or Instagram. Let us know uh, how your championship games go. And of course, hit us up with any questions you have, uh, who you're considering starting and sitting. Be happy to answer those there for you. We appreciate you all listening uh this year. We'll be back next week as well with some sort of episode uh so keep in tune for that. might be a little bit looser. We might look back on the year um as a whole and uh go down that road on a little round table action. I don't know we'll we'll figure it out but um and if I guess you're playing in week eighteen, we'll get you ready for for that but uh appreciate y'all listening. love you guys. Good luck. Bye. (laughs) Bye.